let this be a reminder to you all that this organization will not tolerate failure. Episode 112. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. More like 90 minutes wasted. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Frank, and Bill. And and he said, stop messing with my dockers. You're messing up my pleats. True story. Did True it, story. It just happened, didn't it? Yeah, that just happened with I a little sage. I can't even hear myself. Are we here? Yeah, are I can hear you, Brad. Yeah, you're good. All right. I, I would argue that you're a little hot. It's, that, or I'm a little hot. I tried. Yeah. I took a shower. <laughs> Brushed uh, my hair, my teeth. You smell good. Thank you. Um, so this is part two of our crisis show. Yes. And we've already recorded it with, uh, with Adam, but we, uh, we just need to kind of, um, set it up for everyone. We were going to continue with identity crisis, I think, right? I think that's what happens. Yeah. Identity, um, infinite and then final. And then the mother of all tangents. I kind of get get discombobulated (laughs) when, when, um, when we record the whole thing and then we go back and we go back and record, uh, like the the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. it always like i feel like i'm i'm on the island yeah. <laughs> it's the magic and of editing i've time shifted and what do you say even mm-hmm. you go, okay we'll roll it in three two well I, I guess we could fake it and but you know we're not about faking no no um who's our sponsor <clears throat> uh is this on really is this no, Brad, i can hear you loud okay. and clear uh discount comic book service dcbservice.com is our sponsor they're like really cool people you can get um, your monthly comic book needs mailed directly to your house your place of business or your storage facility i guess if you really you know yeah i mean have a mail to a p.o box if you don't want your uh, parents to know that uh, you're buying oh, comics with actually your, uh, with actually ice cream money ups cannot deliver to p.o boxes has to be to a st- uh, an address. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, what, have, what if you don't what have about, an address? What if it's not a P.O. box, but a personal mailbox? Like yeah, you, that, that's fine. Yeah. And, as long huh. as they could go like to one of those storage UPS places. Store, like a UPS store, a that'd UPS be fine. A UPS store will. Yeah, it'll. Okay. But a P.O. Well, box, only the post office has access to. It's totally What is different. discount comic book service, you say? <laughs> well, it's a mail order comic book service. You can order anything and everything in the previews magazine that comes out monthly. Uh, you can save up to 40%, not up to, but generally you save 40% on your Marvel and DC comics, and you can save even more on specials, such as uh, they have, uh, for the month of February, Dead Romeo number 1, 50% off for $1.49. Yeah, their original um, uh, business model was more than full price. Comic that didn't work. service. That yeah. was not good. It did go They decided to go with discount. Yeah, comic book service. That, that was really over. smart of them. It did not go over gangbusters. It did not go over. Discount very well. comic book service is a great idea. Mm-hmm. So we're all on board with that. In fact, uh, I think it's just about time for me to uh, re re up with those cats. And uh, and in the know, in the uh, get some goods in the really 
category. Mm-hmm. We have Marvel Zombies 4, number one. What? Really? Do we need a fourth Marvel Zombies? I, d- I didn't I don't realize. Think so, but uh, if you want it, cha-ching. yeah, you go to dcbservice.com and get all your books that way. Now, who who writes uh, Marvel Zombies four? Uh, Fred Van Lente. It got quiet. Oh, really? Fred Van Lente from is uh, Comic Books Comic from Comic yes. Book Comics and, and so several other Marvel. Kirkman things. was writing them, right? He wrote the first two, and then I think he wrote the Dead Days story. Okay. He did not write number three. Okay. Because about that time he'd had enough of Marvel, you know? Okay. Okay, I believe that. And okay. luckily for us, because he's pumping out the Walking Dead. So yes. You know, it is kind of wild, though, doing Walking Dead and Marvel Zombies. Yeah. I mean, there's some symmetry there. Well, I think, I, I don't, I think that's like why I they understand it. I think but. that's why they got him to do Marvel Zombies. Okay. Because he was already in zombie mode with Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah and of course, uh, uh, Mark Millar gets uh, credit for, for actually kicking off Marvel Zombies. Mm-hmm. But I guess they realized that Kirkman would be a good voice to come in and sure. continue mm-hmm. the legacy of the zombie. Well, with that said, how about we just jump right into Crisis with that and Murdo? Sounds good. All right, guys, take it away. <laughs> And on the phone, we're we're back here with Adam Murdo. We're going to uh, continue with our um, with our program on DC crises. This time with Identity Crisis. Now, this this title did have the crisis name in it, but probably in name only. It Brad, was you... name only, name only, crisis name only. It wasn't cosmic. It wasn't earth shattering, resetting. Uh, it was just a marketing ploy. Yeah, no, no bleeding skies. Uh, no, uh, it was good. No parallel earths involved. It was good, like that. but it wasn't a crisis i'm using maybe, my dr evil quote fingers crisis, crisis. maybe we um maybe we call it an appetizer for the main course which was to come shortly thereafter and um adam uh, when did did you read it as it came out yes yeah you know, well you know you all know how far behind i am in my reading <laughs> yeah, that brings up an interesting question <laughs> it's still how do you up. and this is a tangent but how do you decide what to put on the pile and what to go ahead and read uh, well it has to be a pretty uh, earth or earth's shaking significance uh, for me to move it up to the top of the stack. I did read Final Crisis as it was coming out, and I am continuing to read Legion of Three Worlds as it slowly makes it its way out to us. But yeah, but um, there aren't too many titles that I uh, grant that compliment. Will you read Blackest Night as it comes out? Well, because CGS will probably be doing episodes on it, I think I probably should. Okay. What I might do is just read it and then put it back in the pile so I can reread it when it comes <laughs> up in the proper order. Uh, Adam, if you were, do you ever like try to catch up? Like, do you ever think to yourself, okay, for the next month, I'm going to try to to get a year ahead, or or I mean, or or are you just happy with where you're at? Oh, I would dearly love to take a month off and just read and read and read, <laughs> but uh, gotta eat in that time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? Well, so um, what what was your opinion of the uh, of Identity Crisis, which is really just a murder mystery when you get right down to it, and and maybe yeah. even um, the bit, trust the bit, issues, the bit, trust the bit, the bit. issues, trust issues uh, w- within the league. As you guys were saying, it's uh, the Crisis brand does lead you to expect a certain type of story, and um, I'm sure DC had that in mind when they put that title on it. So um, I was a little. I didn't know what exactly to expect. I thought there might have been some kind of uh, continuity shaking uh, occurrence in there somewhere, but as it turns out, that that didn't happen. So I was a little disappointed about that, but uh, the, the story itself uh, did uh, serve a crisis-like purpose. Um, I mean, uh, this story doesn't have that whole worlds will live, worlds will die 
you know, sense of cosmic consequence. But uh, one thing it does have in common with the other crisis stories we've been discussing is that it's it's an, an, a suspenseful and entertaining reshuffling of the DC universe chessboard. I mean, it's a it, it, it's just instead of reorganizing time and space like the other crises did, it just reorganizes the relationships between various characters in the DCU. It uh, introduces a dimension of conflict uh, between them that uh, well had existed to some extent ever since the days of crisis when you know, heroes uh, slowly became a little more combative and uh, not not as friendly with each other anymore. Uh, Identity Crisis just brought that situation to a head. It, it articulated this dark undercurrent that had been building in the DCU for some time. And it uh, shook up the way the heroes in the DC universe related to one another, and also the way the villains related to one another and to the heroes. And it put a lot of, uh, on another level, it put a lot of things in place for a more traditional crisis story that was coming a few years later down the line, Infinite Crisis. Yeah, now, it was a prologue, basically. How, how long between um, Identity and Infinite? I didn't think it was that long. You said a few years, Adam? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was more like a year and a half. I okay. Think. Okay. I, I remember I I was reading them both when I was in grad school, and that's just a two-year period, so that tells you. And um, if I remember correctly, during Identity Crisis, they did take care of one thing, and that was Zatanna mind-wiping uh, a whole bunch of villains who knew the identity of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. So that kind of mm-hmm. took that's care a, of that. Mm-hmm. It's a resolution of a story that was about, uh, what, 30 years old at the time? Yeah. 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 So if these people knew that they were who they really were, why didn't they take advantage of that over those last 30 years? He eats the crap out of me. That's just dumb. I just I think that, that the one thing about uh, Identity Crisis, um, and I'm probably just retreading what Adam said there, but just the idea that, that over the probably the 10 years, I guess, since zero, not that there's necessarily a direct correlation there, that the DC Universe itself and, and the characters in it had become darker and darker and darker to the point where I think, you, you know, please help me out on this, Adam, but was there not getting to be kind of a, a public backlash against the, the, the continued darkening of the characters? I mean, it just seemed like it kept getting, you know, worse and worse, and, you know, the characters kept getting, you know, not bloodthirsty, but they became less and less the hero, and, you know, they... Again, it was, this is a situation where they're trying to not necessarily emulate Marvel, but the idea of the flawed characters, you know, almost seemed like, you know, they they realized that maybe they'd taken it too far, and this was a way to not necessarily fix it because this didn't fix it, but this brought it to a head, brought it all in the open, where it could theoretically be fixed, you know, shortly thereafter. I mean, you know, all the way up to the the dispansion, you know, <laughs> made up word of the Justice League. I mean, all of a sudden, that that icon, you know, that that iconic, you know, super team, you know, that we'd all grown up with, is no more because they walked away from each other. More like they were no more because sales had dropped. Really? <laughs> to okay, because uh, I think that's something. You know, we haven't even touched on that. You know, the idea that economics, you know, plays a part in the storytelling, and I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't overlook that. Oh yeah, definitely. And and um, uh, again, dispension. I- Good word. Uh, it's real. If Heather says it, it is it's a real. real word. I guess. Well, all right. I, I assume that that uh, dispension. Dispension. <laughs> yeah. I'll never live that down. Um, I assume that the sales for Identity Crisis were really good. Would you happen to know, Adam? Um, not offhand, but I'm sure it did sell yeah. really well. I mean, it's, it was a very heavily marketed and advertised DC event, and it had that crisis in the title, so you, you know, DC fandom was paying attention. Well, do we need to get Jamie Dean on the phone or something? Isn't, isn't he one of those cats that works at the LCS? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, he works at Golden Eagle. Yeah. 
Hey, Adam, if you could, if you could slap Dan DiDio, if you had a free shot, and just slap him, just one slap on the face, with glove, white gloves, or just the back of your hand, would you take it? Not in the face. Okay, no. <laughs> let me modify this I'd go question. Go his head, maybe, but not in the face. Okay. If you could, okay. If you could slap down Dan DiDio or Joe Casada, which one would you pick? Oh, gosh. I have two hands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> ah, perfect answer. Perfect. Nice answer. If I had to pick one, obviously you guys know who it would be. Oh, baby. <laughs> um, okay. Well, then that leads us kind of into Infinite Crisis, the rebuilding of the multiverse. Um, Adam, what what do you think was the um, was the crux behind that? Was it just economics that, that you know, that DC wanted to bring back the multiverse? No, I don't. I don't think economics exactly. It's. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think it's less a matter of money than a matter of ideology at this point. Although, of course, since comics are a business, everything to one degree or another, indirectly at least, involves money. But I don't think that was the foremost concern. I mean, that, it was the 20th anniversary of the original crisis, for one thing. Okay. So they wanted to do something multiversal to celebrate that. But um, it, it's, I, I see the return of the multiverse as just a part of a general uh, ideological project that uh, DC's men are going to try to bring themselves back uh, closer to what they were in the glory days of the Silver Age. Because, uh, you know, the, a lot of their fan base misses those times, and DC's trying to give them what they want. So bringing back the multiverse is a step, and uh, at the same time resolving the conflict between the various heroes, which also was an outcome of Infinite Crisis, was a step in that direction. You know, with the um, with Infinite Crisis coming out, it, it took two two basic heroes from from Infinite Crisis and made them into villains: Su- Superboy Prime and Alexander Luthor. And I wanted to read I this have quote. Never liked that. Really? Uh, well, let, let me let me take this quote from it's from Newsarama. It's from Wolfman, and he's talking about that. He goes, at first I hated seeing Alexander as a villain, but then I realized here was a guy who had no life and, at less than a week old, had to grow up suddenly and save the universe, then go into permanent exile. He was never given a chance to have a childhood. He went from newborn to adult in a few hours, and he had people deciding everything for him. It was that breakthrough that made it possible, in my mind, to see how ever having had a life could slowly alter his mind. It made psychological sense, which lets me write him with real conviction. That so it looks like like a Wolfman kind of came the terms with it, but you had a you have a problem with that, or or you didn't okay, care for that. I agree with him that it does make psychological sense, but uh, at the same time, I, I just don't like seeing these characters whom I finally remember as heroes in the original Crisis story being reduced to this. Now, I'm glad that Jeff Johns is kind of making amends for that in the Legion of Three Worlds, with Superboy of Earth Prime, at least. Because mm-hmm. we have Superman in there at least trying to reform Superboy Prime, trying to get through to him, which is what I wanted to see happen from the beginning. Do you think there's any but, chance that Jeff Johns had that, that arc envisioned from the start, or did he is he literally trying to fix something he didn't like uh, from Infinite Crisis? No, I don't, uh, I, I don't I, think... You guys are such insiders that I wonder if maybe sometimes you have insight that that us normal humans don't. I I don't think he necessarily had had it in mind to uh, rehabilitate uh, Superboy Prime, but I'm glad it occurred to him afterwards. And I'm sure he's not thinking of it in terms of atoning. I don't think he's regretting his decision to make Superboy Prime a a villain, but uh, I'm glad he's seeing that there's more that he can do with the character now than just have him be a villain. Why do you feel like Superboy Prime needs to be a good guy? Well, because I just I remember him that way, and also 
I just I sympathize with him. I I do. I, I everybody just loves the fact that he's a villain, but this, just like what Wolfman was saying in that article you quoted about uh, Alexander Luthor, how it makes psychological sense that he went bad. I can also understand how Superboy Prime went bad, and I think it's I think it, it's worth considering that he might be rehabilitatable, that he he might be capable of being brought back to the good side. No, but I he wasn't... Well, hero characters go to waste. Okay. He wasn't around that long to actually, in my opinion, to be considered a hero, was he? I mean, we saw him, what, once or twice? That, that leads my question. Where where did we see Superboy Prime before the Infinite Crisis? I mean, did, did um, he, was he ever in the Superboy title? No, he was just uh, in one issue of DC Comics Presents, I think, which was a crisis crossover. Interesting. So, yeah, he really was not... Superboy on his Earth for very long at all. Just, I think, a matter of weeks, subjective time. Huh. But still, he, even though when his universe was destroyed out from under him, he still, he made the decision to fight the good fight against the Anti-Monitor at the end of Crisis. He made an heroic sacrifice, and so established himself as a hero character, and that's all it really takes. Did you have any problem, as as the story arc went, you had, um, um, it started off with Countdown to Infinite Crisis, and with Ted Cord, Blue Be- Beetle dying, did you have any any issues with that at all? Well, uh, I was sorry to see him go, but yeah. uh, I understand his death served a purpose, and it, he went out in a good way. So I, I didn't feel that bad about it. You know, and and I and I agree with you with that. I, I think I think it was a it was a very um, noble death. Um, and you know, he, he's always been compared to kind of like a, a poor man's Batman or I, I don't know, maybe he wasn't compared that way, but he was always like a Batman light kind of, you know, he had all the gadgets and stuff, but he just never, never had a real, I don't know, in my mind, he never really had an opportunity to shine just because it, it seems like he was always, at least in, in, uh, Justice League International, you know, he was always kind of treated as, um, I don't want to say comical, but, but, um, not as serious. And and this kind of gave him. This kind of showed him off as a, as a detective and someone who who really had an edge to him and someone who you know, if given the chance, he could you know he could save the world. And well, I guess he's in a way to play a part in saving the world. So, yeah. of course, I've I've never been. You should be talking to Shane about this. He's a bigger Ted Cord fan than I've ever been. But in a way, I feel like the character was. I mean, they restored the character. They. they showed what he could do beyond just being comedy relief, and then they immediately killed him, which is kind of a shame. But, uh, you know, he, he did get another chance to you know, show up and show his stuff in the Booster Gold series. So yeah, that's true. About that, at least. Uh, so with the end of the series, with the end of the Infinite Crisis series, we were given 52 new Earths. Um, and that's always kind of, kind of been kind of funny to me, kind of that it's such a specific number, 52. Do you have any idea why DC Editorial decided to go with just 52 and not, like, multiple or infinite Earths? Yeah. I always assumed the number was just derived from the 52 Maxi series that introduced them. I mean, yeah. They were going to do this long mis- this long mystery series, this long story, but which ran for 52 issues, and there was this powerfully symbolic number, 52, that kept recurring all over the place. And I guess they had to come up with something for 52 to mean, and... 
that was it. See, if it had been the metric system, it would have been 10 or 100. And that's <laughs> another reason, Frank, our continued discussion of why the metric system is bad. Oh, you were the metric system is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so as we leave Infinite Crisis, we have all these Earths. We, we come across to, to what I think was probably one of, the, one of the, the best times to be a DC fan, at least in modern times, because you had this great jumping on period. You had the one year later series where anybody could jump on because that was the new beginning. And then if you wanted to, you could read 52 and not have to worry about anything else. Uh, what do you think of the 52 series? Oh, I loved, well, oh, I don't want to say every minute of it. Uh, the mm-hmm. World War Three part was a bit of a weak point. But, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I was into it the whole way through. I was trying to figure out uh, the various uh, miniature mysteries that were going on, trying to figure out how everything was going to fit together by the end. And it was a great opportunity to see some little-known and seldom-seen corners of the DC universe and its history along the way. Yeah, I always, it always felt to me like uh, uh, World War Three was really kind of shoehorned in there. It just it felt yeah. very kind of anticlimactic and just kind of slapdash. And, it and really just, did. It just it never felt to me like it was well considered and, and executed. Yeah, I'm glad I got to read your, uh, your your guys' comics. So I didn't have to buy it myself. I'll just say that <laughs> For, from a from a publishing standpoint. After the end of Fifty Two, then we came up with Countdown, which was going to lead us into the next crisis, which would be Final Crisis. Oh yeah. Um, Adam, did you read any of Countdown? I read every single issue. <laughs> what What was your opinion of it? Now, now, uh, now. Well, before we go any further, you are you love the original um, Crisis series, and you love the monitors and stuff. And this, or you love the monitor, anti monitor. This created a world where there were more than one, more than two monitors. So that being said, what did you what did you think about it? Uh, I think. I think they didn't have a very clear idea of what they wanted the series to be going in. I think they figured, ah, we'll just make up some things as we go along and we'll make it be important. They just decided, oh, okay, we're going to do this long, sprawling series that will eventually move things into position for this final crisis story that's going to happen later on. And we're going to involve, oh, let's see, this character and this character and this character and this character, and we'll have them have adventures in the DC universe, and we'll tie it into all these different special side projects and uh, ongoing series in the DC universe along the way. And it's going to be the spine of the DC universe for this year. And, well, it, it just very quickly proved too much for them to coordinate. And as as it went on, its coherence broke down. They kept switching directions as they went along. Uh, they they didn't they didn't have a clear plan in mind. They didn't have an exit strategy, and it, it just kind of fell apart about halfway through for me. Do you lay that on anybody's feet? I thought you know we all know who Paul Dini is and his fine work and all those you know wonderful cartoons. But um, yeah, just I was wondered you know how much of a, a of, of an you know, overarching, you know, view, um, you know, how much of a top level viewpoint he, you know, had or, or got to, uh, impose on, uh, the, the other writers of the, uh, countdown series. Cause, you know, personally, I enjoyed reading the issues themselves, but, um, uh, but you're right. It just, it did seem kind of fractured. Uh, although it ended with a bang, I, I'm not talking about issue one, I'm talking about issue two, uh, which I always thought was, I always thought that was weird too, because countdown issue two, in my humble opinion, was basically where countdown kind of ended. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at it right now, and man, that was that was pretty cool. And I that's mean, the one where Jimmy Olsen, yeah, uh, Turtle Boy, uh, yeah, Turtle <laughs> yeah. Boy kills Darkseid. Well, it's not. It's that he. Uh, um, 
uh, the issue starts with uh, Jimmy Olsen, Turtle Boy, uh, fighting Darkseid pretty much on his own terms. But uh, it ends with uh, Orion coming in, and it's uh, the art of Scott Collins, who uh, I'm sure people you know who are more deep into it than I am know Collins' work. But we know Collins. Uh, he did the Flash's uh, The Rogue's Revenge. Uh, it's kind of a very kind of a sketchy, very... You know, eyes are bloodshot and, and lines are very weird. It's almost Kirby-esque. He did a lot of that Jeff Johns um, did he? Flash run, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I've, I've seen some of that, yes. Now, in his Flash run, his art is not quite so stylized. I mean, in here... It really, I mean, I, I, you know, I wish people out there could see, you know. Well, he had exactly to crank it out. He only had a week but, to do that. But I mean, but I mean, well, I mean, but look at how you know Kirby esque. Yeah, there that is, is a lot of Kirby stuff. I mean, the there. the lines and and the, the you know again the the yeah. bloodshot eyes and and the you know look Frank, it's your favorite uh, pose. It's the looking into the camera <laughs> with the head slightly tilted. Right, very Kirby esque. <laughs> but yeah, I think you know issue two was was very interesting. Um, um, and, and issue one was very anticlimactic, and uh, then uh, we got uh, Final Crisis. And Adam, well, um, why do you think the focus was? Uh, why do you think they chose to make the uh, the focus of Final Crisis the fourth world? Well, because Morrison likes the fourth world a lot. So they uh, so they just let him have it, and, and so no other reason other than than you know the the writer wanted to um, to to do that. And Final Crisis, it was uh, it was called the tagline for it was the day evil won, I believe. And basically, the plot is Darkseid wants to overthrow reality. He wants to make Earth the new the new apocalypse again. Yeah, I, yeah, I think well, he's he's definitely tried it before, but this time he's going to do it. Um, and then I, I think you've gone on record about how you feel about it, but, but um, you know, maybe those who who haven't who haven't heard about how did you feel about Final Crisis? Well, that depends on uh, what kind of preconceptions you go in with and how you choose to how you choose to read it, what what you want to see the story as. And if you go in expecting a traditional crisis event, you're going to be disappointed. And I kind of was hoping to have something closer to a traditional crisis event. So in that sense, I was disappointed. But um, if I if I look come at it from a different direction, if I just treat it as a just Morrison's uh, uh, exegesis on everything that he loves about the DC universe and the strengths of the DC universe as a storytelling vehicle and a tribute to the awesomeness of comic storytelling as a whole, well, then it's, it's, it's a good read. But uh, it, it's not what I would call a crisis story. That's it's, interesting, because I, I absolutely, uh, I, I do not disagree vehemently, but, uh, but I, the more I think about it, and the more I go back and reread it, um, it does very much feel like a crisis series to me. It's because you're stupid. Well, and I'm here, uh, again, I'm here to uh, defend Final Crisis. Um, I, as I, I, I've always, these these cats know, Adam, that I've always been a big Morrison homer. Um, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm not sure I've ever read anything Morrison's done, which I didn't like. I'm sure there's something out there. But um, but I just I'm I'm a big fan of you know Frank Herbert uh, you know I just I like very dense very hard to understand you know read it three times before it finally starts making sense you know I, I eat that stuff up so uh, you know I, I really enjoyed the the process of getting through that story um, and and I think is one thing I guess now that we're finally final crisis um, um, it's interesting to me that that they locked him into seven issues because I really kind of think that final crisis is truly a 10 issue run and you could argue that it's actually more because i think there's there's no way that you can you can uh disavow um disallow dc universe zero 
as the first issue of Final Crisis, and Superman Beyond 1 and 2, two of my favorite comic books of all time, by the way. Uh, they absolutely are right in there, too. And um, he, uh, uh, Morrison himself, uh, Newsarama um, Post... Uh, um, uh, his interviews? Yeah, his interviews. He, uh, uh, he says, um, to get the full Final Crisis as the author intended it, the reading order is as follows. Final Crisis 1 through 3... And then in the space between Lois's final heartbeats, Superman goes off and does his adventures in Superman Beyond 1 and 2. He comes back at the end of uh, 2, and then Submit uh, shows up. Um, and then, um, uh, though it's not on the list, apparently Superman, he finishes, the, he finishes the adventures of Superman Beyond 1 and 2, comes back, is grabbed by Brainiac uh, to go on the Legion of Three Worlds adventure, um, and the way he describes it, you know, the Legion has always been able to return him to the exact moment where he left. So he thought, no sweat, I'll leave, I'll spend as much time with you guys as need be in the future, I'll come back to the exact moment I leave, and so it'll be no problem. Well, through the events of Legion of Three Worlds, which we have not read yet, he's not able to be returned at that same time. So in issues six and seven, we find out that while Superman was gone in the 30th century dealing with the Legion of three worlds, you know, issues, you know, that's when dark side takes over the world, you know, kills everybody, you know, transforms, you know, space and time and becomes a singularity unto himself. But anyway, so final crisis, uh, issues one through three, Superman beyond issues one and two come back to submit. Then final crises four and five, then Batman 682-683, the end of the R.I.P. series, um, and then finally Final Crisis 6 and 7. Everything you just said yeah. makes me want to just stop reading DC altogether. Wow. See, and I just it, it, it makes my love for DC. I, I, just, I think I like DC even more now at the end of Final Crisis than, than I did before I started reading it, I, and, and I, I, I can't put a finger on it. Adam, um... Concerning Final Crisis with all the monitors and stuff like that, I mean, you, you, and and the red skies and stuff that that those are obviously the trademarks that make a crisis. Um, well, <clears throat> one of them, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I was wondering if you could go into just a little more detail about about how you felt about there being multiple monitors. I honestly thought it was a bad idea from the start. I saw that in the that Brave New World one shot they put out. Right. That, that's the first time you saw multiple monitors. That was back before Countdown got started. And then we moved into Countdown, and we got to see more of these multiple monitors. And they kept they kept changing the story. Like the, the the creative team on Countdown couldn't make up their mind as to who these monitors were, what they were, what their history was, how they related to the one monitor we saw in the original Crisis. They just they just kept changing their mind on this well, I mean, subject and it was kind of frustrating well i think morrison <laughs> clears it all up though and superman you know beyond I mean, oh yeah he, he's got he, his own idea but yeah. prior to that it just they, they, they couldn't settle on a specific story for the monitor good point i mean it was which, kind of frustrating getting through you know the countdown but by the time and it's and i totally understand people were frustrated reading final crisis brad obviously one of those people um, and, and it was kind of a frustrating read, you know, because it seemed like, you know, why are there four freaking months between issue three and issue four or whatever, or is it four and five? You know, it just it seemed like, you know, it, it's all the, the so-called issues, you know, J.G. Jones not being mm -hmm. on issues uh, six, uh, well, most of six and all of seven, you know, lots, lots of weird issues, you well, know, that happen with it. But, you know, I think as a whole, I, you know, 
my guess is that that looking back in you know in a year or five years or ten years or whatever, um, it may be looked on you know more favorably than it is right now. The second, you know, if if, if I could interject for just a moment, please. I, my, um, I, I didn't have so much problem with the series. It was the last issue that I had problems with, and specifically <laughs> the last two or three pages, huh. not the anthro thing, but. Um, um, and Adam, you, you brought this up in your observation is is how the monitor wakes up in bed, and for all we know, this may have all been just a dream, and and it and it leads you to just kind of it, it almost makes you feel like did did what did I see? What is did this happen? Was it real? And and you know, for people who love continuity, that I think that's a problem. And see, I love the fact that they tweak you know that he's kind of tweaking the readers it's like what do you think happened that's the whole point mm-hmm. you know it's the whole point of literature is, is not necessarily have everything spelled out for you but to make you to make you come to your own conclusions i mean it's like like higher education like you know college the, the point of college is not to fill your mind with facts the point of college is to make you learn how to learn you know to make you come up with your own conclusions and and i think that's one of the things that uh, that morrison does quite well jeff johns i think you know infinite crisis i think was the most fun by far of these crises series because the first one was so serious and so long-winded though great and final crisis really you know it, it took a it took a it took a toll on your psyche and your patience um you know infinite crisis was just a fun summer blockbuster and i don't think morrison ever intended to do that and i'm frankly surprised that Dio let him take final crisis in the direction that it went because it was so far you know out of the norm you know it, did it, it change it, anything well, should it have been called Crisis? Should it have had Crisis in the name? And, and not to say that I didn't have lots of problems with it. I mean, the, the idea that you know Darkseid and all his followers come back, but they're semi-mortal. And and I, I guess you know we never we never really get an answer. But I guess the idea is that is that eventually they would have become as powerful as they once were. But you know they they were still so mortal that the Black Racer can take out Darkseid. That that Tawny Tiger. You know, can take out Calabac. You know, I mean, I reading the individual issues, I did have some, you know, some issues. You know, ra- you know, my Spock eyebrow raised up a few times and went seriously, especially issue six with the whole, you know, the Tawny Tiger, you know, battling and killing Calabac. It's like I thought you were a god and some talking tiger <laughs> who has the strength of ten. What <laughs> strength of ten? What strength of ten elevators? Strength of ten. <laughs> coca-cola's strength of 10 tigers i mean i you know and and i i i have not read nearly as much of the commandi and 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 you know the jack kirby's world as i would like to um thanks to frank uh, i read the first omnibus and and i've read i've read just some other scattershot stuff but you know the idea that you know that these characters could be you know dispatched as relatively easily as it seems they were you know almost seemed counterintuitive no maybe i'm maybe i'm being long-winded Big surprise there. Well, Adam, Adam, let's go back to you about about this being and Brad's question about or his statement about about did this need to be a crisis? Do you think it needed to be one? Well, I I think that uh, some of the problems people had with the series might have been resolved if the series had been called something else. I mean, now let me just say very plainly here at the beginning that this is not Morrison's fault, but branding something a crisis story does create certain expectations in the reader and. Uh, uh, well, what was delivered here was not in line with what most people expect from a crisis story. Uh, thank, so you, thank you, in, in thank you, thank you, and thank you, thank you well, for saying that because that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, how dare 
well, Dan DiDio put the name Crisis on this story. Well, and, and you could not be more right about that. Both of you cats, both both you and Adam, you know, Brad, you, you could not be more right about that. Um, but I think it was still a remarkable piece of fiction. So this has I cri- agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Um, this this has crisis in it, but so did identity crisis. Uh, would would you say the same thing about identity crisis, Brad? No, because like I said earlier, it's like a prologue mm-hmm. to infinite crisis. Infinite crisis wouldn't have made a lot of sense to some people had identity crisis been called identity problem, identity <laughs> situation, murder mystery, murder mystery. You know. At the beginning of Identity Crisis, the Trinity is kind of at odds with each other. Well, why? Well, it explains why in Identity Crisis. So, no, I would say it's not the same thing. Okay. And I'm sorry, Adam, that I'm yelling, but I'm just so angry about the whole Final Crisis thing. Yes, Brad has not taken the swap. God bless him. I have yet to send my issues... Back to Dan DiDio, but I'm <laughs> gone. I made uh, I made forty bucks off of mine. Off really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Forty. Well, you you made sell a, mine? Sure. Was it, you just sold the seven issues? Yeah. You made money off that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's hey, awesome, I'll, man. Instead of sending them to Dan DiDio, I'll give them to you. <laughs> okay. You can keep five bucks, and I'll get thirty-five, or assuming it's forty, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was twenty-seven dollars ninety-three cents plus tax cover price for all those seven mm-hmm. issues you know you're never you're never going to get all your money back on them unless it's well you did dude rare. you made a little bread off the deal yeah. all right. i'll be happy to make more i money. think it was because i had that batman the, the batman one you know what though six. dude you're gonna trade that one to me i've been screwed you I'm you should have jumped on you know it i'm not I gonna, gonna, gonna sell him on ebay i'm gonna send him to dan to deal just so he'll know that that's how angry i am okay do you have the batman cover i don't know well if you do trade me because i got the sliver cover and Fine. i just had the damn batman cover. Fine. Pardon my language. I got the J.G. Jones covers for all of them, except I stopped at a random comic store on my way home from a gig, uh, you know, whenever Six came out, and they did not have any of the dang Batman covers, and I was not leaving the store without it, so I had to get the sliver cover, and, you know, there's been great sorrow and gnashing of teeth ever since then. I mean, I, I rolled by another comic book store, and I saw the Batman cover. It's like, I, you know, I don't know that I need this so bad. I'm going to drop another four dollars, you know, to get two copies of it. Um, but yeah, you know, I still wish I had it. So, oh well, too um, bad. Adam, uh, um, what's your experience with with the Kirby verse? Have you ever, um, were you ever a fan of that? Of um, I really, of- yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest and most knowledgeable Kirby fan out mm-hmm. there. I acknowledge that he was very talented and very imaginative, but I just haven't read that much of his stuff. The um, so um, that's. And Peter Rios and I have that in common. That's uh, one of the things that uh, kind of put us off to Final Crisis in the early going was that it seemed so Kirby-centric, so much beholden to the New Gods material, and we've never enjoyed it that much. That's a good point. I mean, you you really had to do some homework almost to really get what was going on, because I've been reading DC since, like, 1970, uh, darn near. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there that I just kind of went, huh? Um, You just had to roll with it. Did did you happen to read the uh, uh, any of the omnibuses that have come out, Adam? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it it kind of it it really helped me a little bit with with Final Crisis just to kind of um, to see the craziness that um that that Kirby had because there, there was kind of a a craziness that that's a good way to describe it. It yeah. was just crazy with it, the the mountain of judgment and the. Just all these nutty peripheral ideas, just 
and and it and it's all these really crazy big isn't the right word but it's it it's these 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 universe it's just these these ideas that are so like he had this ultimate vision but he just couldn't quite get there or he couldn't find the words to get there well, or the way to tell the story to get there and what stinks is he never really got to end you know the story his way either i mean it just kind of petered out and you know it's it like a you know, like your favorite TV show that they cancel and you never get to see the, the final episode. And it's exactly what it was. You know, it was like, you know, Firefly or Twin Peaks or, you know, Choose Your Poison. So, Adam, you want to rank the crises for us, the ones we've talked about, your favorite to your least favorite? Hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, you're asking... It was like asking a parent to rank his children here. <laughs> I, I can tell you that the first crisis is and always will be my favorite. Right. But uh, beyond that, I don't think I want to go into that. Okay. Very good. Besides, that's kind of my job yeah, is that, to that, rank that's things. Kinda, that's kind of Bill's thing. Frank really, really went out of limb there, and uh, it really wasn't <laughs> his place to do that. But it's okay. We still love him. Um, so I think Dan DiDio has gone out on the limb and said that that there, he won't be using the uh, the crisis thing for or the, or the crisis tag for a while until the year twenty sixteen. But um, if you if if Adam Murdo were were hired and and if he were if they were to say Adam, we want you to design the next DC crisis. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, what would you want to see? Well, first. Well, you know, crises should really, they, they should serve a purpose. You know, they, they should respond to a, a definite need for, uh, for refreshing or renewal or the expression of the current state of affairs and then the subsequent alteration of that state of affairs. So this close after just not one but two crises events have gone on in the last five years, I don't know what more I would do. It's the only thing that comes immediately to mind is to uh, just uh, re-expand the multiverse beyond the uh, 52 Earth cap. Because if you're going to have a multiverse, I think you should let there be limitless possibilities within that multiverse. I I hope they spend time in the other universes, which would kind of not nullify or invalidate, but would kind of go against the idea of the first crisis to begin with. I mean, I'd like to see what happens on earth 52 you know i want to see what happens on earth 22 and i guess we saw what happened on earth 22 but um you know on 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 i'd love to see you know the adventures of uh the captain adam dr manhattan superman you know from earth 4 the quantum superman you know there were just a lot of guys i thought were just incredible yeah and grant morrison has said in a couple of his interviews that he is uh, thinking about things that he might do for uh, a multiverse project or two coming up in 2010 oh first He's going to decompress and write some Vertigo stuff. <laughs> oh, that teases me. So great. That's so awesome. Oh, yeah. I would buy that in a second. Yeah, I've just, uh, yeah, good old good old Grant Morrison. And he said he's um, uh, he's also tried to, like you said, he's trying to leave some threads open for other people to explore. He he said that he doesn't necessarily expect it to happen, but he wanted to leave, right. you know, you know, you know, someone could pick up the adventures of the super young team and run with it. <laughs> you know, that I would um, like to see. Well, I think it is. Yeah, a lot of, well, there's a lot of stuff with the, the question and uh, mm-hmm. checkmate, and you know, um, you know, he he uh, he wanted to leave that stuff open. You know, if Greg Rucka or whoever wanted to take that and run with it. You know, I just I think that's that's really cool. Um, 
And and I, I do I do wonder, you know, where do you go from here? I mean, obviously, where we're going from here is the, the Blackest Night, which is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. But um, but you just can't keep doing, you know, these events every single year. And that's sad because I've kind of gotten to the point, and we've talked about this before amongst the three of us. Um, it's not that not that I'm tired of events. I think Morrison put it quite well in his Newsarama article that what do you mean you're getting tired? You, what do you mean event fatigue? You know, everything should be an event. He, he said every panel of every comic should be an event. You know, <laughs> I, I love the way he worded that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I've gotten to the point almost where I'm more interested in the events than anything else happening. And that's kind of sad. And part of it's, I'm sure, economic because I can't go out and buy every, you know, if I bought every single comic book I wanted to buy, I'm sure I'd, I'd buy you know, most comics. But um, but I... You know, I find myself, you know, really gravitating towards the events, you know, almost whether I like them or not. You know, I mean, I, you know, Civil War was interesting. Um, Secret Invasion was ultimately unsatisfying. You know, I like Final Crisis. You know, Brad didn't. You know, we're, we're good there. Um, but, you know, I find myself kind of uh, neglecting, you know, the Superman title, the Batman title. You know, I want to go out and pick up R.I.P. Uh, badly. But, uh, you know, I haven't written, I haven't written a Batman comic in... in in years, I mean, I was probably a kid last time I read a Batman comic, and you know, I get what I need in in the events, and you know, but you know, so so where do you go? I mean, uh, to come to circle back to my first point, you can't keep doing these events every single year. So how do you how do you put that into a framework of a comic book company? I mean, how do you kind of let off the accelerator without you know losing steam and losing people's attention, or or do you? You know, do you just commit to doing? an event and just figure out something to do. I mean, you know, how did, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, there's any response to that or if I'm just, you know, talking to hear myself talk here. Well, I mean, um, um, in, in any company, they, they want to, they want to make money. So they, you know, they're definitely not going to make money by not, not getting you excited about comic books. So, um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I, but I, at I one think point the, the great company wide crossover was literally an event. It happened Every great now and every ten years, every five years, every whatever, and now you're getting to the point where, well, well, I mean, I, I what are we doing I next would not summer? Agree with that? I, I would. Where is that comic book? I had that babe? book with all the events in it, and mm. it's like every two years there was is an it, event. Yeah, this that one, one right yeah. there. Yeah, that's true. Whether you liked them or not, they they were you know they were events almost you know every every two years it seems. Yeah, good point. Yeah, now these events were not as universe shaping. I, I well, I guess. Here, I'll I'll just read them yeah. off real quick. Flip through it, Mr. Frank. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. I think it starts right here. He's first. We have Crisis on Infinite Earths. Then we have Legends. Then we have Millennium. Then we have Invasion. Then we have War of the Gods. Then we have Armageddon 2001. Then we have Eclipso: The Darkness Within. Then we have Bloodlines. Then we have Zero Arrow. Arrow. Then we have Underworld. Then we have Final Night. Then we have Genesis. In DC, one million, and that's where this particular book ends. But I mean, look, there, I mean, there's events. I wish you I had know. that entire DC one million <laughs> run, by the way. Um, Just to totally tangent off on that. <laughs> by the way, that was a Morrison thing too. Yeah, you know, for, for those of you Morrison lovers, did you did you ever read DC one million, Adam? Yes, I did. Read it uh, twice, actually. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks. So I guess you liked I read it. When it was... Well, I read it when it was coming out, and then I put it back in the pile so I could read it again in context. <laughs> do they have that collected? Yes, they do. I read it just oh, not two or three great. months ago. Okay. Wow. Do you have it, or do I need no, to go? No, I got the library. Okay. Well, after we're done, tell me which one so okay. I can go snag it. <laughs> well, okay, Adam, um, with that said, I guess we should let you go. I know you have dinner plans and stuff. 
Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Actually, while we were talking, I heard my dad on the answering machine, so he's probably wondering what's up. Okay. Oh, well, we'll let you take care of that. Uh, um, well, thank, uh, thank your yeah. dad for, for letting you spend time with us for us, please. <laughs> and, and Adam, uh, okay. enjoy dinner. And, uh, and guys, listen to Comic Geek Speak. Oh, my goodness, um, yes. Monday through Wednesday, Wednesday through Thursday sometimes. And I don't know about I'm not trying to butter you up just because we've got you on the line, but, man, I I live for your synopses of individual issues. <laughs> and, man, that podcast you did where you talked about uh, Final Crisis 7, um, I sat there and listened to that for an hour and a half and just went, I don't know how you're managing to talk about this for an hour and a half, but I was enthralled. It that was, was the great. only way I was able to actually kind of understand Final Crisis and, was listening to that episode. Yeah, and we're far from the only people that, that are getting to the point where we count on that, too, mm-hmm. because it's just it, it can get so dense. And how you manage to divine you know all those conclusions <laughs> you know, is pretty amazing. So you know, yeah, thank well, you I- for what you do. Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, as you were saying, Bill, I, I like reading the heavy stuff, too. And, Good man. And I did have to read it more than once to get through it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and, and I tell you what, going back, I, 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 we should get out of here, but going back, you know, now that you've read Final Crisis, you know, people out there in podcast land, you know, now that you've seen the end, go back and read the beginning again, um, because I read uh, issues one, two, and three just a couple days ago. And it was so much more meaningful to me, and it made so much sense. And it's just, you know, it's like going back and watching, you know, you know, the, you know, it's like going back and watching Star Memento. Wars. Yeah, the movie Memento. Okay, yeah, if you watch it, you know, in in reverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway. So uh, I just I think that um, you know the, a lot of the frustration of Final Crisis can be solved by going back and rereading it now, knowing where the end game uh, is is leading to. So that's just my humble opinion. Yeah. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being uh, on board. Okay, thanks for having me on to, to talk <laughs> All to you right. guys. Enjoy your dinner. Give your dad a big hug for us. <laughs> oh, will do. <laughs> thanks, Adam. Bye, thank Adam. You. Thank you, Later, Adam. guys. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, you guys just want to um, – that was a lot of crisis talk. If I, could, gonna... if I could write my own crisis, yes, sir. you know, in – Reference to your earlier question, yes, I would retcon uh, Grant Morrison out of existence. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm I just angry. I think that, well, I'm just angry. I think Jeff I, Johns, frankly, writes uh, uh, more fun, more linear stories. I mean, because again, I think Infinite Crisis was more fun than Final Crisis. Final Crisis made you really work for it, and Infinite Crisis was kind of a widescreen summer blockbuster, just. Just read it and enjoy the ride, you know? know, I I, I didn't get angry with Final Crisis, but I got bored with Countdown. I just stopped halfway through through Countdown. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, I ended up, uh, I missed a few issues of Countdown, but I ended up picking up Countdown of issue 12 or 13 or somewhere in there, just figuring, I know something's coming up, and and I knew you weren't getting it anymore, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm going to, you know... You know, it'll give me a reason to go to the comic book shop, but yeah, I ended up getting the last twelve issues. I mean, I, and I, I don't. I I, I want to. You know, as long as it makes me happy, I'm yeah. going to read it. I, I was really put off by Countdown issue one, just the the fact that it was it was kind of an epilogue, but the story hadn't been finished yet. It's well, just you know you you know it just seemed like putting the cart ahead of the horse to me. Well, let's talk about what is making us happy, Brad. What have you been reading lately that makes you that makes you happy? It makes you happy because I read two books recently that were just. Really good. Tell tell us. Um, I mean, the, for me, it, simply, it's the Green Lantern stuff, the prelude to mm-hmm. Blackest Night. Mm. That just 
Amen. Like, gives me chills. Amen. What, what issue? What, uh, we're talking Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps, right? Yes. Yes. Now, I haven't been reading the Green Lantern books. Corps. I'll assume I'm seriously missing out. I think you are. Okay. But I, I think the Green Lantern Corps has been just as strong as Green Lantern. Yeah. Green Lantern, to me, is more fun because I'm more familiar with, with those characters as opposed to to some of the lesser, quote-unquote, lesser okay. Green Lanterns. Yeah. But, you know, we're dealing a lot with... Um, Mongol and the Sinestro Corps yes. in the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. We're dealing with the Star Sapphires in Green Lantern Corps. Okay. So, See, so I, I I picked up you know everything um, everything contained within the Sinestro Corps or the Sinestro War, uh, which was awesome. But when that ended, um, I dropped uh, Green Lantern Corps and just started picking up Green Lantern uh, proper and have been truly enjoying that. And man, I'm, I guess I'm going to have to ramp back up to Green Lantern Corps. And frankly, now that Secret Invasion is over and all those tie-ins are done with, and Final Crisis is over and all those tie-ins are done with, I can probably afford to pick up one more comic a month, and that will probably be Green Lantern Corps. Well, I've said the last couple episodes, and I'm sorry again that I keep forgetting to gather all my older trades mm-hmm. and issues of Green Lantern and Green Lantern Corps. Did you read Rebirth? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you want to enjoy Black as Black as Night to its fullest, you need to read all of it, and it's a it's a good read. You won't be bored. So, cool. and then you know y'all can share them or make sure you just catch up or whatever. Yeah, so. I, w- I would like to read Rebirth. From for sure. Yeah, you haven't read Rebirth? No, I haven't. Wow, oh, I got it. It's a great book. It's autographed too. That's one of subscriber. That... No way. Yeah. That's great. Man, that guy is not not like Ethan it. Van Skyver, my neighbor. Van oh, Skyver. okay, okay, Van Skyver. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, that's different, Mr. Skyver. Yeah, he's yeah. a nice guy, yeah. but still well, off his rocker. But still yeah. quite impressive. Oddly yeah. enough, he drives a station wagon, mm. huh. not, not a van. It's not easy to land a station wagon either. Yeah, Out here so at the well. airport, no. it, it's a Taurus uh, station wagon. <laughs> so sorry. What have you been reading lately that makes you happy? Um, I'm you know I. Unlike you guys, I pretty much stick to, you know, the Marvel and DC stuff. And I've kind of been, I, I don't mean to have a negative answer for you, but I've kind of been falling off on um, a lot of the titles. Uh, I think the thing I've been reading right now that's been making me most happy um, is the uh, probably the Millar Hitch run of Fantastic Four. And it makes me very sad that that run is going to end. Uh, though I'm trying to remember who the, uh, uh, the author is, but Dale Eaglesham of Just Society fame is going to be taking over the art duties on uh, Fantastic Four, by the way. <laughs> Seriously. Um, it does make me also kind of tangentially wonder uh, who's going to be taking over the JSA. <laughs> Sorry, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Don't need all this requiem. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, but I think uh, the, um, the the JSA and the Fantastic Four has been making me very happy. And and again, you know, a lot of the comic books I like to read are ending. I mean, the Legion of Superheroes just had their issue 50. It's done with. Ultimate Fantastic Four uh, issue 60 just came out, and it's done with. Yeah, I was about uh, to bring you know, that up. My understanding is uh, that the Ultimate line is ending. Um, I, my understanding is they're they rebooting do, it or something. They're doing some serious reboots and they're going to pare it down. I, I don't know if it's, it's in response to economic crises of 2009 or anything, or just an editorial decision. But, uh, but yeah, they're, um, you know, they're ripping it apart in ultimatum right now. We, we've got, I don't think the third issue of ultimatum has come out, but the first two issues of ultimatum, frankly, have left me cold. I, As I just, the, I don't, I don't understand what they think they're doing. And I just, I frankly don't see where it's going to go. And, and I just, I do not mean to be negative here. 
Um, I just I just don't get what they're trying to do. Uh, let me read this. As the ultimate line of Marvel is a relaunch this summer, Ultimate Spider-Man will take a fresh start with a new issue one by Bendis. Really? And a new lineup of characters. That surprises me. Um, now, I, I am interested in the, uh, the, the new Ultimate Avengers title, which is going to come out. Um, and I, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about it, which may be why I'm so excited about it. Um, but I know that there's they're paring down the number of titles in the Ultimate Universe greatly. Yeah, uh, I know they're killing off some very major characters, and you know I don't know if you want to spoiler alert. Yeah, go ahead. All right, um, uh, we we know that uh, that they're killing off the thing in the Human Torch, aren't they? That uh, that I don't know. I mean, okay. I, uh, don't, I'm, I believe I read that somewhere, or I thought I, I thought Frank told me. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so if that happens, everybody, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> and if it doesn't happen, sorry. Um, uh, Spoiler alert! <laughs> thank you. I, I wish that that DC had like an ultimate line. They they kind of did with their uh, uh, Justice League Unlimited line okay. until they canceled it. God, I love that. I used to love that that comic book so much. Yeah, that was it. Justice. League. It was a it was a Johnny DC title, but it, okay. but it was so good. It was still in you know it was like its own universe. And yeah. It's just, there was, you know, the continuity was well, in there, but it was real light continuity. It was the cartoon directly based, excuse yeah. me, it was the comic directly based off the cartoon. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, uh, I'm right there with you, the Johnny DC, that's funny. Um, like, I, I um, uh, it, was, it was mainly because of uh, the, the young and precious Zoe, but um, we love the uh, the Teen Titans um, uh, cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, just, it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite, you know, comics to turn into a cartoon of all time. And so we read the uh, the Teen Titans Go and just loved them, loved them, loved them. I mean, I think Todd Nock and uh, I'm trying to remember who the uh, uh, the writer is. God help me. Uh, he's he's he writes quite well. And I'm so sorry. Pynchon? I forgot Thomas his name. Thomas um, No, no. I do believe it was Homer. A Homer. Yes. Yes. Um, but. Um, uh, but yeah, we really enjoyed that, and uh, part of it's they for some reason they cancel the cartoon, and then the comic book title itself goes away shortly thereafter, uh, which makes me sad. I don't understand why they feel the need to do that. I, I don't know if they think there's not going to be a market out there. If there has to be some kind of corporate synergy nonsense, where you know you've got to see the cartoon. Oh, now I got to go get the comic, or I get the comic now. I'm going to watch the cartoon. You know, I don't know why they feel there has to be that 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 you know the why the comic and the cartoon have to walk in lockstep you know mm-hmm. because the Teen Titans you know comic book obviously could have gone on forever I mean I don't know maybe sales were bad I don't know why they stopped it other than just the cartoon ended and they didn't have the you know again the synergy you know between the two um, but uh, you know I'll never forgive them for that. I'll never forgive him for uh, canceling the Teen Titan cartoon. That thing was awesome. Well, um, someone posted on our forum uh-huh. um, an article about that. About okay. um, <coughs> Sean Pryor, wasn't it? God I think it was Sean Pryor. The great Sean Pryor. And I think you, Go to pkdmedia.com. <laughs> I, I think basically, if paraphrasing it, it was something like um, Bruce Tim. It was a lot of work. Okay. And the, the writers and the staff were just constantly working. Really? It was just too much work. To do the JLU. Oh, okay. You mean and, the 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 cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. Okay, the cartoon. Right. And and they just they just they just couldn't take they just couldn't deal with it. Oh, I'm I'm with you there, computer. Because yeah, suck it up. Mm. Uh, I mean, because they're only doing now. I don't know. Did Justice League do more uh, than thirteen episodes a year? Because that's because that's one thing. I mean, the the Teen Titans and uh, the they did that uh, Legion cartoon for two years and then you know canceled it ignominiously. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Teen Titans and, and um, uh, the LSH—they're uh, only thirteen episodes a year. 
you know, the season mm-hmm. is 13 episodes and okay, here's your 13 episodes. See you next year. So the idea that it's too much work, you know, strikes me as disingenuous. Well, now, but, I, I but, believe but, it. Well, I, I think you're basing it on the fact that they have one year to produce it. I don't think that's the case. They probably yeah. have like half a year to do it and then they have, you know, another project to do with yeah. the other six months. Uh, that's, that's quite true. Now, um, I know the, the JLU, um, they had uh, real live writers writing it too, like you know Jam yeah. Jam DeMatteis and and uh, Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, they wrote a lot of those JLU episodes, and um, that I uh, just you know the mark of greatness. I mean Jam DeMatteis, I read his stuff in the Defenders, <laughs> you know, back in the early '80s, and and thought it was really kind of weird, but uh, I still appreciate his writing. And um, you know Dwayne McDuffie, I think I'd probably see uh, saw his cartoons. Because uh, I'm not sure what McDuffie has written, you know, literally written comic book style um, uh, until he uh, took over uh, writing duties on uh, the <laughs> new. Well, the, the, well, yeah, I, I did say it. Um, you know, McDuffie is now writing um, uh, Justice League. You know, he, he took over for. Um, um, hello. Uh, the pizza's kicking in. Um, 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 yeah. Brad Meltzer. Yeah. There Thank you. Go. you. Thank you. Which I, did, I didn't care for his JLU. In fact, I, I ended up dropping it because I just didn't care for for his writing. McDuffie's for Justice yeah. League. And I've kind of kept with it. I, for one, I think one thing is that the you know the comic medium, you know, it's kind of like you know songs. It's like some people listen to a song be, because they love the lyrics. Some people listen to a song because they love the music. I'm one of those people that I'm kind of either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the comics, um, with the comics, it's like if the art is great. Or if the writing is great, I can kind of overlook the other, and it becomes a perfect storm when both are great. Um, um, but uh, I've kind of overlooked McDuffie's storylines uh, because I just, man, I just think Ed Bennis's art. I just sit there and I, I open the comic book and I go, man, this is awesome because I think Bennis captures just almost perfectly, you know, the look of the Justice League and the, you know, the. The the men you want to you know the men you want to be with them and you know, or the you want to be friends with the men you want to be with the ladies and you know all that you know they're just Justice League yeah so I, I give uh, I, I give the storylines uh, a lot of uh, latitude because I just think the art is so beautiful on those and you know the some of the recent storylines they've had like that whole everything with you know the Anasazi you know the latitude Vixen, you know Vixen's spider you know the spider totem creature thing was just yeah, a weird storyline. And if you, if you ever want to, if you ever want to check them out from the point where you stop collecting them, we can go back and pull out one of my long boxes and I'll be glad to throw them at you. Vixen. Um, yeah, I was just, I can't remember what was the last, it, it was the first sighting issue. Yeah. That, that's that when I, 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 when I started, re- you know, once it was there yeah. that I decided just to drop it. So well, I haven't picked it up. So well, it was weird. Cause issue, that was like issue 21, if I'm recalling correctly. And, uh, Issue 25 was a double issue, but it didn't end the story. Mm-hmm. It was just like a double issue, and the story didn't end until like an issue or two later. It's just like, you just, it's Aquaman. almost almost literally a head scratching <laughs> moment. You know, it's like, again, you know, go back to, you know, my thing where, you know, is it okay? Can we just have a the end every now and again? Mm-hmm. You know, does everything have to be a launching point for something else? You know, because I just, I, I, I wouldn't mind at all if we went back to the days where just give us a the, the end, end and thank you. I appreciate that. Heather. The end. Good. Well, uh, Good Heather. I, I think Good you Heather. don't you don't have an end. The end because I mean, if you were to get a comic and go, well, that storyline ended. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I don't need this anymore. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it. You know, the end is obviously not the end, or that'd be the last issue of the comic. 
Well, I mean, I mean, I realize what you're saying. The okay. end to the to the storyline. You yeah. know, it's it's two or three issues, or maybe one issue. Yeah. I mean, you know, there there's uh, Jonah Hex. Those okay. are all th- those are all just. I mean, because well, single you, I, stories. I think the last the end you got may have been at the end of Infinite Crisis. Because there was no, and done. there was no the, done. there was no the end at Countdown. There was no the end at World War Three. There, or there was no the end in Fifty Two. You know, um, no, no Fifty Two had a the end. I'm curious to find out if, uh, well, I mean, I guess the creation of the Fifty Two Worlds and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious to find out if the Countdown end of Final was Crisis. Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, Miss Heather, but I, I kind of wonder, and it's going to take a few months or, or the passage of some amount of time or whatever to find out if if uh, the end of Final Crisis um, has a the end on it. Um, and, and again, Brad you know, is it's asleep. Just, it's it's semantics. I realize that, so please mm-hmm. don't get mad at me. Um, because obviously the story never really ends, you know, even if the last comic is published, you can imagine your own adventures. And so, you know, the characters never have to stop. Um, but you know, it's just, it, it's nice to have that conclusion because sometimes without, without that, the end, you just feel like you're being strung along, you know, interminably. And it's like, just give me the conclusion to a story and feel free to start a whole new brand new story. You know, feel free to take it in a new direction, you know, but just the idea that there's What's no closure, the you know, just, I, I want closure in comics from time to time. No, I mean, that, that's what, I mean, that, that's yeah. what trades are for. Yeah. I mean, you, you pick up a trade, you know, you get six issues, there's, there's a story and it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I mean, I mean when you go with the monthlies, it has to be a continuum. I mean, it just has that. That's the medium of the storytelling. Yeah. It never ends. You you don't want that story to end. Well, and every great now and again, I mean, you know, like um, uh, Fantastic Four runs uh, of of my youth, uh, you would get at the end occasionally. You know, like at the end of the uh, um, uh, Fantastic Four the issues two o four issues two o four through two thirteen, I think. Um, where they're captured by the scrolls and they're aged and then they the Sphinx shows up and mm-hmm. they battle Galactus and all that. You know, at the end of that eleven issue run or however that math works out, yeah, they have a the end and then they pick up the next issue, uh they're back in the Baxter building and Blastar shows up and they go have some adventures in the neutral zone and stuff. But but I mean they end the story and they begin a new one. And and I I'm sorry, I'm probably beating this dead horse even further to death so i'll just i'll get off the i'll get off the soapbox at this point and, and mm-hmm. let us continue on to the next topic or whatever thanks for letting me rant by the way <laughs> i guess that's what we're here for can i read an email <laughs> excellent idea you remember john davis wrote is reviewing our show in arcs of oh yeah the 10. um ah. he was giving them was it theme song Yes, the, uh, it was like a episodes a, one through ten were according to Jim episodes. Yeah, weren't they? it was like a theme for right. that on, on that arc of shows. Right. Well, he wrote us again with episodes uh, eleven through twenty. Nice. He says, uh, "Hi, Frank and Brad. Here's my theme for episodes eleven through twenty. It's self indulgent. You guys use this word a lot <laughs> during those episodes when talking about yourselves, which is expected <laughs> when you are starting a new podcast. So permit me to be self indulgent as I give five facts about myself." I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Poor guy. I'm sorry. We're sorry about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I got into comics reading Fantastic Four in the 1970s. This is when Ben lost his powers and Luke Cage stepped in for a while. Nice! Sweet Christmas. Sweet. I had no idea that Luke Cage... Yeah. You don't? Dude, I've got those issues. We can I've go got, back. I've got the... Uh, uh-huh. I've got the essentials. I just Okay. That makes that up for you. Well, in the, in well good sir, you should read it. Because Luke Cage is my favorite 
Number three, my God, my favorite movie is The Godfather Part Two. Ooh, okay, nothing wrong with that. Number four, I am married with two kids: a girl who is eight and a boy who is five. Wow. I wonder if they read. I've got a almost seven and a two. And Joey's number five, five, finally, so, I have only seen one episode of According to Jim. <laughs> Good for you. Good so for the you. lesson is just don't watch According to, to Jim. Jim. Take and care, and I will keep listening if you keep making them. John Davis, creator of Garfield. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Match Kit John on the forum. Um, you, you know, what's funny is... is, is um, I lost my train of thought. How do you customize your Gmail page? That looks awesome, Brad. We'll give you a uh, tutorial tutorial. later. I appreciate that in advance. That's cool, man. And he's got a good look. Why don't I just read a couple of these who are you things I've been trying to do the last couple episodes. What time is it? I mean, like, how Um, long is this episode? Four hours. It's an hour, ten minutes. All right, well, good. Wow. I may have skipped a couple here, but I apologize. Um, This one sounds vaguely familiar, like I may have read it. On December 13th, uh, from John Malin, he says, Hi, I'm John, artist, worked my way up to some fill-in work for Marvel last year. I live in Michigan and have listened to Half Hour Wasted for several months. Thank you. Felt like I should show some support and post here at least once. Love That's the show. That's awesome. Well, I, he needs to write back and tell us what he's filled in on, because yeah. I, I don't recognize the name <laughs> off the top of my head. And honestly, I, I would be interested to go out and pick up a, an issue or two and see uh, check his final workout. So, uh, January yeah, 15th, Mino on the forum, M-E-N-O. Hey, guys, name's Eric, though I try not to use that name too much since I do like to stay anonymous on the internets. Well, I guess that was a bad plan. Too late for now. Uh, It's just a first name. Who's laughing now? I've been listening to Half Hour Wasted for about two months now. I will admit I actually started listening to Legion Legion of Dudes first since I had been looking for podcasts to listen to about Watchmen. Great. I actually emailed a comment to the Legion of Dudes about a week ago. Good to see you all here. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Glad to have you with so us. So the partnership yeah. is actually doing us some good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I can remember, I can remember uh, uh, Adam, when, when we started this, going, you guys will get view- listeners. Yeah. We'll get listeners. Well, you know. It, look at that. It's weird. We got a listener. Well, <laughs> before uh, Half Hour Waste ever started, one of the first things that got me into podcasts, you guys, uh, you, Brad, gave me a, uh, a Legion of Superheroes podcast that the CGS guys did. I'd never yeah. heard of them before. Right. But the first podcast I think I ever downloaded and listened to on my own was the Raging Bullets um, Watchmen podcast. So that's what kind of got me into it. Yeah, cool. So there's a little irony and a little symmetry there. So bully for me. I have one or two more here. Let me talk more about me now. January 21st, Bats. Hey, don't know if I ever said hello or not. I'm Mike, and I've been listening for like a year. Sweet. Love the show. Great sound drops. I'm a working artist, mostly airbrush, from Philly. Just listen to your sitcoms and Monty Python episodes, so I'm feeling oh, a little well. abstract right now. Love the dictionary lady. Synergy. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's fantastic. February 12th. Osno. Hi, my name's Chris, and I'm from San Antonio. I just <laughs> felt uh, I felt obligated to listen to your show since you're fellow Texans. I'm starting with the first few episodes. I'm up to episode nine right now, but I plan on catching up quickly. 16 a day at work. To and from home. Wait, oh what? Because it's half hour oh, wasted. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so he's thinking one every half hour, eight Ooh, eight hour work day. Should we, uh, gonna be, should we break says, it to him? Well, should hang we? on. I'll read. I'll read my response <laughs> okay. to him. He says, I, "I sure hope they get better." Just kidding. I'm having a lot of fun uh, listening to current events from three years past. Yeah. Uh, and then in response to that, I said, "Very cool, Chris." But alas, you won't be listening to sixteen in an eight hour period for very long. We kind of go over half hour a lot. Over half hour a lot. <laughs> February 13th, Kilgore. 
Uh, hi, I thought I'd put a quick post here. I found Half Hour Wasted through the Star Wars episodes while randomly surfing. Good. Never gotten a podcast before, but now I'm hooked on you guys and the Legion of Dudes. My name's Malcolm. I'm in London. And apart awesome. from comics, I study martial arts, including KFM from the Batman movies, which I trained for in a while. But that's another story. I understand. Keep up the good work. All you guys, looks like I'll be here to stay. What's KFM? Well, I, it's a form of martial arts, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and you know what? It's supposed to be pretty brutal, K-F-M. if I remember right. KFM. Yeah, it's... Um, it's KFM, the Cape's number one hit music station. That's not it. That's probably <clears throat> not it. Uh, the Kias Fighting Method. Ah, okay. Oh. A method of self-defense that is based on natural fighting instincts and several street fighting techniques. Okay. Hey, guess what? Just came in. Right. Literally, while I was reading that last what uh, episode arc part three, episodes twenty-one <laughs> through thirty from John Davis. Oh, yeah! Go do Way it, to go John. We got in fact write him right now. Let's see if we can get him on the phone. Write him and see if see if we can call him. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Wait. What's uh? Since we have the phone lined up, because we just did uh, Adam okay. Murdo. All right, so uh, so he writes, uh, and then no, no, wait, we'll have him what? read it. We'll have him read that. I email want to that read just it. Wrote. Yeah, well, here, fine. you want to read something? Fine. Here, read my notes. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Bill, <it's, laughs> like, read them. I'd like that, Frank. I'd like that. Okay, read that page. Mm-hmm. Hold okay. on, wait, I want to see him read read my but notes. But you already went through this. Um, I just wrote him back. Okay, okay. Let, let's see. We'll, we'll give him two minutes, and then we'll okay. move on. Too cool to be forgotten by Alex Robinson. Smokers has hypnosis to quit, but goes back in time to visit dying father. That does sound like fun, Frank. Great one shot. Fun story. Could be a cool indie movie. Oh, is that, I was surprised you were able to read so my what, uh, That's why I gave it to you. So what, uh, was they going to have Shia LaBeouf doing then? Or oh, how's that going to work? Shia LaBeouf. Whatever. You know, he was. I'm sorry. He was an even Stevens, I know you have a tendency so to could, mispronounce words all the time. And, I know, and I should. And I, I, I should. No, not, no, no. I should not. Don't. You know, call you on it, embarrass you in in front of number one, all twelve of our listeners. It's very hard to embarrass me, and don't you ever stop. Uh, I kind of I appreciate the uh, the comedy value, and uh, frankly, uh, Shia LaBeouf or whatever his his name is. Um, yeah, I saw Transformers, and he he didn't uh, ruin Indiana Jones. Now, at least in my opinion, I'm sure plenty of other people think he did. Speaking of Indiana Jones, but, uh, but he he doesn't deserve uh, hmm? Indiana Jones. This looks like chicken scratch. Like you've been counting <laughs> the number of days you're in jail. Oh, the other page. Okay, All just right. read that first paragraph. Character colon who is he? Question mark. He is a teacher slash archaeologist slash. Just trying to see adventurer. if he can read your chicken scratch. Yeah. He is a rogue. Taking advantage of a young mar- what marrow mar- maroon, I don't know moron <laughs> bent break heart uh, self ray whatever that means. See, you don't want me to read this. You want John to read it. Sex, if we could get him in it, the next okay. minute, and if not, well, segged of his pants, no plan, <laughs> a lot of stick. When we first meet hism. He is slant, Come again. smut, monstrous, Come again. Um, spiders do not scare him, jumps over the caravan, and he grabs the weed. Okay. Funny. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's enough. I just wanted Seriously. to see. I was you sound like an insane person. I feel like an insane person now after reading that. That made no sense. Uh, Marion. 
Oh, That's thank what that you. Was. Okay, clearly, clearly, I was incorrect there. Okay, has he has he written no, back? He, not, okay, not read it. Really. Okay, yeah. If he writes back, then you know we can still call him. But I'll mm-hmm. go ahead and read this. Fantastic. Hi, Frank, Brad, and I guess I should add Bill now since he debuted during this arc. Hope you are still on the show when I catch up, Bill. Well, that's I really enjoyed looking back at these past shows and writing to you about them because it's like I am back in time and writing to people in the future. I hope all is well <laughs> in 2009. Hey, John, don't drink the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part of these episodes was the Star Trek extravaganza. Yeah. Especially Fantastic. since we have the Star Trek experience here in Detroit now. Really? So Star Trek was the theme for this arc. And in honor of Star Trek here are what I can... In honor of Star Trek... Here are what I consider the top non-Star Trek acting gigs by Star Trek actors. Whoa, good read list. that again. Dude, read I'm, that uh, again. Wait, say that one more time. I'm intrigued. Top five non-Star Trek acting gigs nice. by Star Trek actors. Nice. So I guess this is a, like... It's a good sign that people are starting to steal my shtick, though just looking over your shoulder, it's a good list and you shouldn't feel yeah. embarrassed about it. Number five, LeVar Burton. LeVar what? Burton in Reading Rainbow. In Reading Rainbow, yeah. I know that one's a reach, but my wife loves her some LeVar Burton. Okay. <laughs> Number four, George Takai on Heroes. George did a great job on the series. Oh, war my. one, war two. Shields! Shields! My God. Shields! Shields! What, Dwight, what's the line he always... He, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh yeah, my. that's what he says here. Oh, my. Number three, Dwight Schultz, the A-Team. Yes, I know this show was before Star Trek, <laughs> okay. and he wasn't in every episode, but hey, Murdoch was on the Enterprise. Uh, good point. Number two, William Shatner, Denny Crane. I've never watched <laughs> more than 10 minutes of Boston Legal, but he got a bunch of nominations and two wins from the show, so props from me. It, if you haven't watched that, I've you have missed out on I've, a treat. This is the absolute best thing William Shatner has ever done ever done i have never been uh, able to watch it hookers cons- thank you very much yeah good point frank i've never been able to watch boston legal consistently but when i do i love i it. have the first love season it. i think i even have i have the second first two seasons on okay. dvd if you feel the need to watch some, some you know what amazing william Shatner. i i would love to watch that i just i don't know if i could commit to you know what maybe i should just borrow this from me and watch them on my damn own sometime because I just between the between the kids and the wife's schedule and us falling asleep while we're watching TV shows, we never get anything <laughs> taken care of. We've got like five episodes of Twenty Four and two episodes of Heroes, and you know we just got we've got multiple episodes of pretty much every show we watch waiting to be uh, observed. Number one, Patrick Stewart, Professor X. Yes, as soon as he was on the Next Generation, and people talked about an X Men movie being made, he was on the top of the list of being Professor X. He was perfect. Unfortunately, he always ended up being injured, captured, or killed in all three movies. Spoiler alert! But this still was one of the most perfectly cast comic book characters in a movie. You guys take care and see you in the 120s. Nice. wonder what that means. I guess that's uh, the temperature. Like maybe <laughs> I guess maybe the... he'll get another email to us about when we've started in the 120s. Yeah, okay. maybe. I don't know. Right. I, well, I did we... write to him and told him that we read his his letter in... One of the recent uh, yeah. shows. So. Yeah. So there's hope, young man. He must have logged off just right away as soon as he wrote that email. He's it was like a actually, run, it's not huh? a G, it's not a Gmail. Oh, okay. Uh, address. So um, he wouldn't have been. Uh, he might not have been. You know, because you know, Gmail will update you. That's how I knew we had a new mm-hmm. one. Cool. Um, what was I going to say? I wonder if remember what I talked to you about the other night on the phone about wanting to do in the next few weeks mm, because of our two year anniversary coming up. Oh, that's right. Let, let's kind of talk about that. And Brad had a good idea. We're um, gonna we're gonna graduate to pull ups. 
all at the same time. Yes. And we're going to start using a big big person potty. I'm already wearing Depends. <laughs> Why do you think um, I haven't gotten up to use a restroom at all? Hey, I was wondering. Um, so, Brad, yeah, tell, tell, tell well, uh, your idea. I was throwing it around. I think I would like to do another call-in show. Cool. Um, to celebrate our two-year anniversary. Yeah. March the 3rd, I think, was about the time that right. the first episode was published back in aught seven okay and so i figured what the heck well you know maybe halfway through march okay not necessarily that well i'm actually gonna be gone that weekend but oh my. you know sometime in march mm-hmm. i think we should have a call-in show yeah uh, any, just, just you know, kind of a generic call-in hey what you got kind of show yeah or? no just, uh, two, we've wasted two years of your life so tell us um yeah, tell us yeah. tell <laughs> us how we can waste the next two years yeah. or or yeah tell us what you think or tell us what you like what or, you don't like or, or get, just get back you know, at us by wasting five minutes of our lives or just baba booey us or whatever mm-hmm. there you go so i think that would be Keep fun. It clean people you know frank rightfully so was concerned well we just did a call-in show with episode 100 and i'm yeah. like yeah, but if we wait until episode 150 well, or 1200, you know, it'll be a long time. Now, we had talked about this. We could talk about it on the air, but uh, when to do a call-in show the the Friday after the Star Trek movie. We did talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned I thought, something about I thought that, it. I thought that I think would you be might have mentioned fun. it to him because that's the first time I've ever heard Oh, really? That. Yeah. Really? I w- okay. uh, a call-in show right uh, the day after the Star Trek movie comes out. So we, I assume we're going to wa- see it at some point Friday night. Oh, I think we're all four gonna three gonna be there. Yeah. So four. Then, my imaginary friend Ralph. <laughs> hey, Ralphie, Ralph, Ralph. We're gonna take Sage with us, and uh, that'll oh, be that'll fun. be. <laughs> we'll we'll dope uh, him up on pixie sticks. Will the professor? Um, will the professor babysit that night? I certainly hope she will. Well, so so Brad. So my my thought was that we see it that Friday night. Assuming a lot of fans are gonna see it that Friday night too, maybe even Saturday morning, and then Saturday evening we have a call-in show. And we talk about Star Trek the movie. That would be fine with me. Not yeah. Star Trek the motion picture, but Star Trek the movie. Either way. The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> we could have a uh yeah, we could have call in for just have call in for all seven movies. We'll we'll play them on a DVD player <laughs> in the background while we're talking about them. I had a um here it is. I had a soundbite uh prepared, but I had didn't have it queued up. Like the next time we were ever to uh to mention the professor mm-hmm. on the air, I was going to play this. Here Your wife's pretty hot, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? It's Carl. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your wife's pretty hot, man. That Carl, <laughs> so observant. Well, we'll take that in the spirit in which it was intended. <laughs> That's there's, a, nice. there's a lot of jokes and there. That's why I don't post pictures of my wife on the internet. You could do that if you wanted to. <laughs> I got, I like went through uh, <laughs> tons of these. I got tons of these. I got tons of these uh, uh, clips, that, and I'm still working on it. So what uh, next uh, next half hour waste will be us uh, soundboarding. How much do you make people. a year? <laughs> Just no, start it's calling not people be, and it's use not the call soundboard. Any, it's not going to be any. Uh, They'll break down a wall like a bunch of zombies. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if we ever have an artist on here, Brad, you need to play that. Uh, so how much you make a year? Yeah. So how much you make a year? <laughs> how much do you make a year? Well, you know, we could, uh, I don't know who. What are you talking could, about, man? I don't know who could possibly fall for this, but we could uh, we could call up into the guise of being a four-man podcast. And uh, Carl yeah. could be the fourth person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I thought we might even say inappropriate things. I thought we might even interview Carl once. Almost constantly. <laughs> well, let's try it. Hey, Carl. How are well, you? No, I understand. I understand. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I, I mean, need an answer in the next five minutes, but take your time. <laughs> okay. Well, Carl, I mean, just just t- tell us what, how you doing today, Carl. What's up? What's going on, Carl? <laughs> uh, see, I don't have them organized. I don't have them organized. Uh, <laughs> I don't have more. You need a little. Man. You need a little soundboard. All right, like the classic. Um, All right, I'm gonna make a soundboard with these. Like the classic uh, Arnold. There was a prank phone call out there for a while of yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger um, soundboard and an older woman. Okay. being pranked by it, and she was having that conversation. Your wife's pretty hot, man. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff is always hilarious. I love Who that. Is that might this? be a problem here. See, <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem here. See. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, that makes me want to go. Get out of here! Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to go pop in uh, season six uh, after the kids go to bed now. Uh, Who are you? And drink the rest of the beer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no disrespect. Seriously. (laughs) That is is maybe the greatest voice in the history of cartoons. Who does it? Who does Carl? Dave Dave Willis. Willis. What does he look like? How are you doing? He's... Blonde. He looks like he. Yeah. he oh, is that, is that the same guy who does uh, Meatwad? He does yeah. Meatwad. Oh, okay. Yeah. You've seen it. Was it the uh, Volume Four DVD that has the the making of? Uh, was the? Yes, yeah, Space Gate World. Yeah. Yeah, the behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and you can God, actually. That is awesome. I thought I'd showed you that one. No, I actually, I, I have, I have seen that. Yeah. Dave Willis, an American whoa, voice whoa, actor, whoa, writer, whoa. and producer, mostly known for the creation of the adult humored. Uh, Cartoon Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I don't know if I'd say adult humored. I mean, it's not really. The new tool, you b- Oh, cool. <laughs> sorry. sorry about that. I forgot that one was in there. <laughs> hey, he's from Wichita Falls. Oh, is he really? Yeah. What? what? What's the time code on that? Uh, time code is 2448. 24? 124. 124. I got to. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> sorry, children. <laughs> hey, did you hear uh, your son on last week's episode? Yes, the me up, it's pretty man. funny, huh? I haven't, uh, I haven't gathered the uh, the wife and kids around to it yet, but that, that beeped. I just about drove That's off. Right. <laughs> I, I pretty much curbed my car when that happened. That was pretty. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I got to tell you, I spent about three nights in the clink because of that, but it was so worth it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been on the moon. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> been on the moon. I've been on the moon. I can't. I can't wait till I could. Till I could do this. Oh man, your wife's pretty hot, man. Soundboard. <laughs> hey, hey, Sash. <laughs> we need a Let's Sash go! soundboard. A what? A Sash soundboard, but it would only be like three or four words. Yeah, she, she doesn't speak much. Don't judge me. At least not on the air. <laughs> oh wait. Hey, listen. listen Look, wait. Listen. Oh. Hey, you got kids? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized this is the classic Frank getting names mixed up. Okay. Said Sash. I was thinking Sage. Oh, Sage only has five words. Sash has a much wider vocabulary. She just doesn't use them on the air. Yeah. We, I think we make her nervous. And you know what? Your I wife's pretty hot, man. Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay, that's that's well, all the emails that I have, and um, I just ran out of Kit Kat too. And all the uh, the sequel, the YR used the what? You just ate a Kit Kat. You didn't bring any Kit Kats in here for Zoe us. Zoe brought me a Kit Kat. 
Oh, she, we did. She's get, got enough for everybody. We did get um, cookies. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, I've been eating Girl Scout cookies. There are like there are you like, can really taste a girl. There it's are really good. there are like over ninety boxes of Girl Scout cookies in the house right now. By the way, you're gonna have to beep that out too, man. Get, get time code note on that, man. Well, so what'd you get, Frank? That's Those? an Adams Family. Are you, is your lemonade made out of real lemons? Is your Girl Scout cookies made out of real girls? Yeah. I see you have tagalongs there. Those are uh, peanut butter and some kind of caramely nougaty mess covered this is in like, chocolate um, with a cookie. This is like a version of mm-hmm. a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh yeah, it's got the little cookie and then the All peanut right, butter. Yeah, the sure. All right. Yeah, I like the I like those with the. But with I don't the, think the let's light this candle. Is, let's is, do this. Is uh, is good. So what are you doing here, man? I could listen to these until the yeah, eye gonna, river runs out of stop. space. I'm going to stop. That's I like awesome. this is one of my favorites right here. I'm sorry. Do it. No, I understand. I understand. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> I need an answer in the next five minutes, but take your time. <laughs> this kills me. <laughs> I um, man, there's there's one that just there's one in particular that just makes me just cry every time I hear it. Gosh, I wonder if I can find it before the uh, eye river runs out. We got maybe, time. maybe. I don't know, man. Actually, there's a whole lot of them. I just can't play most of them on the radio. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we'll just have to deal with that. Yeah. Oh well. Maybe next time. Yeah, uh, that might be a problem here. Yeah. See. Yeah, that might be a very good idea. All right. So, uh, what are we going to talk about next episode? Well, I don't know. I, I think we kind of didn't think that far ahead, bro. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a, a Jeff Johns, uh, Justice Society of America final page teaser of what's coming up in Half Hour Wasted. You know what oh, I'm wait. referring to? Or you know, he did it in Booster Gold too. How about this? How about next issue? We all talk to each other like they do on Lost. We talked about this the other night. Brad, you gotta trust me. Go to downtown Dallas. And knock on the mayor's door. Just do it. Why? Just do it. There's no time. <laughs> I think we should use that's the, that's the catchphrase for for that. For I think that. we should. There's speak no in, time to tell you. We should speak in nothing but TV conventions. Like you could say something, I could go. Frank, you just need to rest. You just need to rest. <laughs> but if you're here and he's over there, <laughs> then that means. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, come on! What I gotta do here? You never seen that show? That one where the guy goes... (laughs) I just gave myself a headache doing that. You know, uh, who was it the other day that... I don't even remember if we talked about it on an episode or if we talked about it on the board or just in person. Hmm. But we were, you know, talking about... Um, what are What's they? Thin mints? Are they thin mints? There's They're some good, aren't they? Yeah, Zoe has just discovered here, a miracle of thin mints. Come here. Take a bite right in the microphone. There you go. Crunch. Crunch. <laughs> All right. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Um, no, seriously, we want to do a, a call-in show. Yes, we we're talking call. with a, a former guest. That we've had artist um, again in the near future about another big project. Uh, we're talking 
to another former guest artist uh, about another subject that's not related to comics, but it's something near and dear to his heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we want to do that. Um, I think eventually we'll have a Dune episode, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, um, yeah. <laughs> I asked Frank when that was going to happen. He emailed me back and said it was going to be roughly the year 14,038. <laughs> yeah. so I said, thanks, dude. Oops. Um, and I think we're going to do that Cop Rock episode. Uh, the much anticipated. Mm-hmm. Oh. And what else? There was the one about uh, sandwiches. <laughs> right? Okay. You teased That's that good. a long time ago. Yeah, we still good. haven't gotten to that. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have another all Dan from San Ann. Danapalooza okay. 2. Right. Danapalooza right? 2. Um, we have the geological impact of bar ditches. Okay. All right. What are you doing? I don't know. It's, uh, there's something, something very dumb getting ready to happen on the internet there. Hmm. That was on the front page of YouTube. Was it really? Yes. Wow. Okay. They they're that's probably going to be removed uh, shortly. <laughs> that just, was on the front page. Guessing. Oh, I see what's going on there. That's called misdirection. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a that's a misleading title to that video. Um, yeah. Right. So it's that's much, pretty awesome. Yeah, and and but but look at the related videos though. <laughs> I think it's leading you down a dark oh path gosh, you don't yeah. want to go down or no. Maybe it's badly worded there. So back to the uh, the Colin episode. Uh, this is the message we can leave people who can't get in. Hey, it's Carl. I don't think I'll make it party, buddy. My uh, eyes have closed completely. Please <laughs> <laughs> do not care. So if you can see your phone, please hit 911. That was from the episode entitled <laughs> The. the. <laughs> My eyes have closed completely, when and he the had cops do the, not uh, care. He had all the... Uh, all the raw when when the shake left all the raw chickens yeah, the out raw in chickens the, and burning styrofoam. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that's what convinced uh, that's what convinced Frylock to move out and get his own apartment, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, it sure was. was. He couldn't handle the couldn't handle the smell of the raw chickens and the burning styrofoam. Hey, burning does burn? I don't know. Does burning styrofoam make a um, smell? I don't think it's yeah, very it good does. for you either. Check the time. Don't want to do too long. Hey. <laughs> I got, I got a, I got a test tomorrow. I need That's to get nice. the second half of that. I got a test tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, starting next episode, uh, readings from the Book of Dune. So <laughs> we stay, had, ta- we had talked that. about that so long ago. Remember? I haven't forgotten about the about the readings from the Book of Dune. Brad doesn't look happy about it, but uh, I haven't forgotten yet. So. Hey, and you know what? It doesn't have to be Dune. It could be. Um, no, nope. it could be the Battle of Corn. It could be Sandworms of Dune. It could be God Emperor of <laughs> Dune. The, where is the very first Dune book? Where is it? Hmm? The very first that one right up there in the middle. Oh God, don't rip it up! I think it's the no. first edition. Which one is it? Uh, it's the one right in the middle. It's the paper. Oh, so when it's old looking Dune? one. Yeah, it does. It does say it just says Dune on it. Right uh, to the right. There you go. I do not get what just happened in the last ten seconds of my life. What was that? I thought I thought I was playing the. Um, a Family Guy thing, but apparently I was ah, very wrong. Very good. Say, guess what? What's surprise, up? Surprise, surprise! This is the first episode where we we start reading Dune. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Y'all gather around. Okay. 
We need Dune like the sound of a Frank crackling Herbert. fire or something. Copyright 1965. Now, it's not that we're starting on page one and working I'm gonna, right through it. I'm gonna, it's not like Andy Kaufman-esque here. I'm going to uh, skip the terminology of the Imperium. Yeah, that's good. They usually, in the previous, in the, excuse me, in the subsequent editions, that goes in the back. Okay. What do you think about that, Sage? I'm just going to go right for uh, book one of Dune. <laughs> okay? Very good, sir. And I'm going to skip that little thing at the top. But those things at the top, man, those are like words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words okay. of wisdom. Then I'll start with the first sentence. And eh, maybe skip that one. Do you want it to be smart, wisdom, or not? That one's a little long, though. It's a little wordy. Oh, I'm just reading one sentence at a time. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, shoot, dude. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to skip that, though. Okay. In the week before their departure to Arrakis. 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 When all the final wow, scurrying about had reached a nearly unbearable frenzy, an old crone came to visit the mother of the boy, Paul. Okay, that's been your... That's been your Dune reading for this episode. Shouldn't that be one shining moment? Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate... Uh, okay, we need to have that music leading up to... No, do not defile the reading of the Book of Dune with freaking Perfect Strangers music. Oh, God, not this again. This is like 52 episodes Nothing in a row. Stand in our ways. I have no life force left. My shoulders are slumped. I think I'm going to have to have an operation to get them to unslump. I know what the arc for this episode is. The theme for this episode arc is going to be Perfect Strangers. Yeah. They're standing tall. Sing it, Sage. That was awesome. That was dude. really good. Bye, buddy. That was great, Sage. <laughs> I really you had a music accompaniment and everything. We think we think he's got a future in the business. That was that's fantastic. awesome. Fantastic. That's next episode we'll read the second sentence of Dune. I want to skip around a little bit. No, we've got to read it in order. Okay. All right. Hey, that's a great idea. Random sentences. From the book of Dune. That's what I'm talking about. One sentence per episode. Just random. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. That way, you can have your Dune. Right. And it doesn't have to make sense or be in context or anything. And if you like Final Crisis, then you'll like Dune this way. I think that's uh, fair to say. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I'm spent. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I might say I'm a little bored at this point. That was a heck of an episode. Is he on cough medicine? I don't know what he's on. I'm on cough medicine. I think he's on chocolate. Well, his his eyes are like halfway. They're like one of these right here. Yeah, well, he took like a Are you tired? Hey, what's on your shirt? It is tired. What is that on your shirt? Mouse? It's not a mouse. No, it's mouth. What's on your shirt? Big mouth with the giant great gnashing teeth. What does a tiger say? Tucker. What's a lion say? What does a tiger say? They're great! (laughs) That's what a tiger says. (laughs) What what does a Gentile say? (laughs) That was... (laughs) 
That was a courtesy laugh uh, from Sage, by the way. He's very advanced for his age. Hey, who is that on your daddy's shirt right there? Who is that right there, Sage? Dapa Man. Yeah. Diaper Man. It's his favorite. What about this guy here? Does he know who that is? No, he doesn't. Who is this, Sage? Who is this right here? Dapa Man. Dapa Man. Awesome. High five. High five. Ha ha. Yeah. (laughs) Sage, what are you thankful for? Dakar. Dracar, the cars. fragrance. I used to wear that when I was in high school. Cars. Cars. He sings that same thing a lot, doesn't he? He has a very sing-song melodic way of speaking most of the time. How old are you? Barack oh, that's, that's the president of the United States right now. <laughs> At least until the impeachment. <laughs> Was there something that happened within the last couple of hours that I'm not aware of? No, you you guys obviously don't listen to Rush Limbaugh. Oh. Okay, truth be told, neither do I. <clears throat> you yep. know, the internet is a popular source of information. That's where I got that from. And I do believe everything I read on the internet, which explains quite a bit. I what are you doing everything. over there? You playing I'm chess again? To f- no, I'm playing Free Cell. I'm actually trying to find something. I thought he was, thought he was trying to finally win that game of Pie Gal. <laughs> I'm trying to find this this one video um, from Family Guy of this record album you could buy of 80s catchphrases. Nice. And it's very funny, but I can't seem to find it. Boring. Oh, it's funny. That's where it's... But if you're here and he's over there... Uh-oh. <laughs> bum, bum. Family Guy catchphrase. Ziz. Hey, you people are dorks. Could have said At this point, myself. if I was on a listener, I would have shut the iPod off. Why? Because this is boring. No, it's not. We've we've heard we've heard a little um, uh, what's his name? That Bang. boy right there, mm-hmm. Sage. Sage. We heard little Sage sing. Um, we read Dang. from Dune. Dang. Thank we, you, Limp Bizkit. Um, 